the most amazing thing happened at the opening ceremonies. North Korea, which just wants to be friends with South Korea, well, they sent, I guess, their president's sister, and she is so pretty. And she smiled so much because she just wants to be friends with South Korea. And she was sitting next to Mike Pence, who I heard hates gays. And Mike Pence, who's Trump's vice president, is such a bully. He mean mugged her. He looked so mean because the U.S. See, North Korea doesn't like America because America's always trying to tell them what to do. And they just want to be friends with South Korea. And she was so pretty. And so pretty. It just was like, I want to be friends. And she brought a bunch of pretty cheerleaders with her. And Mike Pence is so mean. And Trump is so mean. Back to you in the studio. <laughs> God, what a moment this is. What a moment. I saw the headline in the New York Post, the perverse fawning over brutal Kim Jong-un's sister at the Olympics. It is. How they gave her the TMZ treatment, they called it. Absolutely shocking. The New York Times, without a word, only flashing smiles. Kim Jong-un's sister outflanked Vice President Mike Pence in diplomacy. The Washington Post is calling Kim Yo-Jong the Ivanka Trump of North Korea, described her as captivating. CNN trumpeted Kim Jong-un's sister is stealing the show at the Winter Olympics. That is absolutely wonderful. Kim Yo-Jong, who's in charge of the propaganda machine for one of the deadliest, most brutal regimes in human history, has really captivated everyone here at the, the, the Winter Games. She gave a deadly side-eye to Mike Pence, giggled Philip Bump of the Washington Post and a Twitter he later had to delete. Absolutely shocking. There is no parallel, according to the U.N. Commission of Inquiry, to North Korea in the modern world in extermination, murder, enslavement, torture, imprisonment, rape, forced abortions, other sexual violence, etc. Uh, from the Washington Post reporting how they marveled at her barely there makeup and her lack of bling. They commented on her plain black outfits and simple purse, and they noted her flower-shaped clip that kept her hair back in a no-nonsense style without commenting on the, the reality of the country she represents. Right. Well, that that was actually, I read that, and that was talking about the utter imbecilic, empty-headed reaction of some South Koreans to her, particularly shallow young women, Wopum Gangnam style, um, which is all about that. I, I found it really troubling, is, is that's probably a fine word, that this is a, a regime that has... Killed its own relatives with like aerosol, like spray bottle water type <laughs> things. Sure, yeah. Like, and she's just within arm's reach of heads of state, and I, like that. That just seemed very. Are we sure about this? To me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I didn't see this till late in the, the weekend. Not everyone was fooled into parroting propaganda. MSNBC host Willie Geist tweeted, "I can report South Koreans here and." In- are not as enthralled with Kim Yo-jong and the North Korean cheerleaders as it seems some media are back home. Wow, well done, Willie. Something about North Korea killing, starving, imprisoning its people while threatening South Korea with nuclear annihilation. Yeah, yeah. And Michael Graham, who's a commentator, um, wrote a really nice piece in which he he points out a number of things. Uh, you know, con and pro. ABC News reported, clad in coordinated outfits of red with white and blue accents, North Korea's throng of more than 200 cheerleaders are stealing the spotlight at the 23rd Winter Olympic Games. Much harder to find, Graham writes, is reporting about who these women are, handpicked by the regime under constant surveillance. According to another South Korean newspaper, 21 North Korea cheerleaders traveled south in 06 for an international event and then talked about what they saw when they returned home, ended up in prison camp. 
And as another person observed... Prison camp, is that like band camp? It's a lot like that. Boy Scout camp? Yeah, because they went home and said, oh my God, South Korea is so beautiful. The secret police who had bugged their homes found out, dragged them off to prison camp where they are worked and tortured and raped to death. As, what's who's this guy? Uh, I like to give credit where it's due because this is some really good writing. I'll figure it out in a minute. Oh, Korea expert Ethan Epstein writes... Um, it's actually sort of perfect that the cheerleaders are getting this attention because they are the perfect representation of the way North Korean society is set up. Millions of people with no individual characteristics performing at the beck and call of the regime. Or, as Ian Bremmer, friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, put it, quote, North Korea's cheering squad is an amazing spectacle, but they're human hostages of a criminal regime. It's the most heartbreaking thing we'll see at the Olympics. Wow. But the adolescent morons of America's almost uniformly progressive media have no idea of that, partly because of the core attitude that if we just would be nice to people and not be bullies, if we just be nice to North Korea, they'd be nice to us and there would be peace. There would be peace on the whole Korean peninsula, which is is a beautiful thought if you're seven years old. Read that Ian Bremmer thing again. That was good. North Korea's cheering squad is an amazing spectacle, but they're human hostages of a criminal regime. It's the most heartbreaking thing we'll see at the Olympics. Now, that is... Obviously true. So uh, now I wondered what was driving the uh, the Katie Couric, Katie Couric, Mike Tirico sort of attitude on the whole thing. And I wondered if was it just plain commerce? They just wanted the Olympics to be kind of fun and enjoyable for families and kids, and not point out the realities of life. Just so yeah, you know, just so we have a good time and and watch more TV. Right. And, I'm here and, to watch the luge and see more with, ra- with raping people to death. Talk is yeah, it, that, sure, that's part of it. But I think a lot of the other fawning coverage is, A, they're against Trump. So, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So they have an inclination to like her over, for instance, Mike Pence, as I attempted to illustrate in my, well, I've been nominated, award-winning uh, little parody of the modern news uh, commentator. But uh, this is Michael Graham's piece. I thought this is really good. Conservatives point out that the same Trump haters who accuse him of being a borderline dictator seem to have no problem celebrating members of an actual dictatorial regime. Uh, that progressives who insist Trump wants to create a Handmaid's Tale-style dystopian America are delighted when a lookalike cast of literally living in slavery women are used by prop, used as props by a despotic regime. Yeah, all those girl cheerleaders, they are uh, hostages at the point of a gun. Being told, smile or I'll kill you. And, and I your will family. kill your mother. And yeah. if any of them have reproduced, I will kill your child. Which is pretty weird not to point out. Although, on the other hand, if they didn't point it out, it would have been a different viewing experience for me and my little kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's a tough one. Look at the prisoners. Look at the slaves. Forced through terror to show up, dress identically, cheer and smile, lest their families be tortured to death. That's what ought to be said. Now, the news coverage and print coverage should be completely honest and, and you know, have both sides of it. I, I'm, I am sympathetic to the broadcast, though. That's a tough one. I was watching with the kids yesterday, and they brought up um, assault charges against a, a coach. And, and, and my kids were, what's assault? What happened? I, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. We're watching a little freaking ice skating here. I don't want to talk about assault charges and what he did to the poor skater. 
Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. I want to be able to watch the Olympics with my kids. So we need to do one or the other. I think you give me you give me two minutes and I'll craft you a sentence that will address both sides without horrifying the youngsters. I will tell you this, though, watching the Olympics as a kid when some of the politics of the Soviet bloc came into it and uh, and people talking about. Well, East Germany, why is there an East Germany and a West Germany? And, and it was explained to me the situation there. That was some of my most formative experiences. And, and I wouldn't have traded that. Now, we don't need to be talking about systematic rape in front of the kids, certainly, but something like they don't have any freedom in that society and their leader made them show up and smile and, and wear all the same clothes. They have to do that because they were forced to do that. I think a kid can handle that, but, you know, you make your own decision. I would rather not have it on the broadcast for the Olympics. I would rather they just Well, then I would ask NBC to never show them. Don't you show me the slaves of a dictatorial regime, and then I'm supposed to be complicit in your smiling about it. Don't effing do that would be my request to NBC. And they don't need to, uh, you know, they don't need to talk up Kim's sister. Right. The way they did. Yeah, yeah. They could have no just kidding. said, and there's the uh, representing North Korea, blah, 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 and left it at that, but they didn't. Kim Jong-un's sister is stealing the show at the Winter Olympics, trumpeted CNN. Shame. Shame. Yeah. That's weird. It's definitely weird. But listen, you know, we often say you can't be cynical enough about politicians, and you really can't. You can't. You should practice at least two hours a day. It's like you're you're trying to become an award-winning instrumentalist, a musician. You should practice your cynicism two hours a day. You also, and this we tell you from being in the business, you can't be cynical enough about you know your your midday reporters at CNN or your local TV news or or whatever. These people don't know nothing about nothing. Please, they're they're children, they're babies. Oh. Yeah, I know. They, they please the yeah. CNN. I almost feel bad about kicking them because you know they don't know anything. The introduction of the North Korean cheerleaders, as if it's some sort of. I don't know, positive on any level. They're political prisoners, for Christ's sake. Sorry, folks. It's just weird. I know. Well, it's ignorance. It's. I think it's mostly, mostly dopes. 25-year-old pretty, pretty girls with nice bodies who've been asked to become newsreaders, and they're doing it, and they don't know squat about squat. I wonder if Willie Geist, who's big time at, M- at NBC, he's a pretty big deal, um... I can report South Koreans here not as enthralled with Kim Yo Jong and the North Korean cheerleaders as it seems some media are back home. I wonder if he got any flack for that. Because his network's going big on what a fun story that is. Yeah. Well, that you know, that whole uh, she's the Ivanka Trump of the North, the story in the Washington Post includes this sentence. In looks-obsessed South Korea, many 20-something women list plastic surgery and brand-name bags as life goals. And those are the people, you know, praising her, her light makeup and her lack of bling. That is something. Anywho, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. Um, and then our athletes are just, you know, stoners from Colorado who like to jump off of things. I'd sure as hell rather hang with them. They seem to be having a good time. Uh, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
is Armstrong and Getty. The Voice of the West. So another round of Guess the Sport. Let's listen to the athlete. You're a young guy uh-huh. who said, you know, I don't really follow the Olympics. I'm more of an X Games guy. Your dad said you weren't yeah. that into the Olympics. Do you get now how big a deal it is to win a gold medal at the Olympics? Oh, yeah. I soon, uh, I soon got right after <laughs> I got on the podium up at the mountain. I've been taken into all these interviews, and I think I'm now realizing how big the Olympics actually is. No, I know that young man's voice. That's sure. right, Gerard. Yes, America's little hero. Have you seen his jump here? They're playing his jump again on NBC. Here's oh, his yeah. winning big jump at the end of his run. And he sticks the landing. You know, this, I'm 17 years old. I weigh 115 pounds. That was one of the few things I watched, quote unquote, live. That was that was fantastic. <laughs> that Exciting. is a tiny person. Yeah, that is a tiny little person. Oh yeah, yeah, twirling little pixie. Uh, I don't know if that's the fair way to do a sport. Uh, oh, I like it. Where you get three shots and yeah. your best score wins, as opposed to a combination of all your three. Oh, they're all different. You know, ice skating does it differently, but um, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the goal is with these various things. I suppose to entertain us, but well, yeah. Who can do the single best run? Which is which is fine. I totally see your point, though. You could do it combined scores, which means you have to have consistency. Or Judy and I were talking about about this last night at dinner. All right, say you do really well on your second run, you can do a third run, but you've got to keep that score. Now that would be exciting. Mm. So maybe you're in silver medal, you're in silver medal place. You did pr- a pretty damn good run, but just not quite as as good as the uh, the, the the West uh, the the German guy, whatever. And you think, yeah, I'm gonna give it one more try, and you land on your head, and you end up in 25th place. I don't know. In the hospital. I don't. Well, yeah. Um, Valentine's Day is two days away. Correct. My kids are out of school today, allegedly because it's Lincoln's birthday. Well, finally, some respect due to our 16th president. A boyhood hero. Question how much of that has to do with honoring Abraham Lincoln. I'm not sure that's... And do you think it has more to do with honoring the teachers' union? Yeah, exactly. I think they need a day off. we got to come up with a reason. Mm. Trying to spread them out equally. Uh, Lincoln, yeah, that's it. Lincoln's birthday. That's what we'll do. Uh, how much talking they doing about? I'm gonna have to ask my son. This We've been back at work for like five weeks. We need a day off. End of the week. I'm gonna ask my son. Lincoln ever come up this week at school mm. at all? No. Um, Surely they did some sort of activity with pennies or beards or hats or something, <laughs> right? Uh, but Valentine's Day is in two days. Great. I don't. Hey, fool. This is Mr. T. Yeah. And I want to wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day from one sweetheart to another sweetheart. Right back to you. Love you. You too. Love you, babe. You too. That's right. Valentine's Day. Love you more. <laughs> um, I don't know why USA Today has this nugget for us. <laughs> Americans with type 2 diabetes mm. spend three and a half hours planning Valentine's Day, but only 19 minutes talking to their doctors about their disease. <sighs> what kind like of a over the whole what kind year? Of a stat is that? Or in a day? We just decide to beat up on people with diabetes for took Valentine's Day as an opportunity? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what this is. <laughs> wow, trying to shame them into talking to their doctors. Uh, hey, uh, pork chop. Quit to stand in line at C's Candies and go stand in line down at the clinic and ask how to control your diabetes. Huh? 
I guess that's the point. Well, couldn't you trying use, to shame the uh, the but heavy among us? Couldn't you do all kinds? Couldn't you do everybody with this and use some? Uh, the, uh, the average parent spends blank time reading to their children, but nineteen hours reading Valentine's Day cards or whatever. Yeah, I suppose. But, Just uh, pick a cause. Well, it's the, the the fat people's turn, though. It's their turn. <laughs> It'll be somebody else's turn next. It's your time in the barrel. <laughs> God, you ever heard the origin of that saying? No. Oh. Well, we can't air it. Okay. I'll tell you that. Okay. Hmm. I do not spend three and a half hours planning Valentine's Day. Three and a half hours? Yeah. Seems I, like a lot of time to dedicate to planning Valentine's Day. I, I got to find a table. You got a girlfriend, so. I got, I got to find a table now, yeah. I got a table for you. It's folded uh, up eat? in my garage. You can yeah, borrow well, it. Like, because I, I thought, okay, it's a week away. Hey, let me, let me call around, make some reservations at a place, you know, something. But no. Lo and behold, everything's booked up. People, people, much better planners than I. So I think, okay, no problem. People who want the miserable experience of being at a restaurant on Valentine's Day. What's the worst possible day we can go out to eat, honey? <laughs> Maybe after a Mother's Day. Valentine's Day, I guess. All right, let's go. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, no problem. You know, I, I enjoy the, the the food over fire seasoning to taste. I can cook something up. Let me. That's a good move. Let me. Hey, you come, why don't you just come over to my place? I'll cook something. That's fine. We'll do that. I live in a one-bedroom apartment. I generally eat on the couch or in front of my computer screen. I don't actually have a table right. that. Right. Oh, so, so you literally need, need a, table. a table. I need a table. I need. I need to. I, after the show today, huh? I am on a quest for a table that can somehow fit in my tiny place with enough room to have two chairs by it that I can do something. I don't know. Put that'll a tablecloth on or something. That'll be so much better than being at a restaurant. I think I might be able to help you out. I'm. I'm trying to remember. Marshall could build you one. <laughs> it's this yeah, Valentine's like Day. Yeah, not yeah. Tw- the year yeah. 2033. <laughs> do you have God. chairs? No, I need that, too. All right. So it goes without chairs. saying. Yeah. What, what kind of jackass would have dining room uh, chairs <laughs> well, and not a table? You never know. You never know. I once bought, I saw an ad for one during, there's some funny ads going on during the Olympics, yeah. by the way. Have you seen the Shaq Cruise ad? There's a lot of funny ads. You know, I think it's absolutely Shaquille O'Neal. Apparently, I've oh. made a mistake. Oh, the ads are good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Again, because I think they got a family-friendly audience, so yeah. the, the ads are pretty funny. But um, got the heart-shaped pizza from someplace one time. was just awful. Oh, just boy. And waited like two hours for it. Yeah. Just just really, really card, yeah. cardboard. But better, it was heart-shaped. Better in the imagining. And it wasn't quite heart-shaped by the time it got to my house. Right. <laughs> it seems to have an indentation. If your heart yeah. looks like that, you should get to <laughs> see your doctor. Spend 19 yeah. minutes talking to your doctor about that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we got a guest coming up talking about which story are we going to do first. We're going to do, oh, Sarah Westwood talking about the whole, uh, is General Kelly headed out the door? Did he get his timeline wrong? What's going on there uh, in the Trump White House? What do you got coming up? The one guy who used to work there was a wife beater story. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got a GOP congressman blasting the new budget deal, taking on his own party. Driver's licenses could soon be replaced by phone apps and Sony Pictures apologizing for a scene in its new Peter Rabbit movie. Oh, boy. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, don't get the heart-shaped pizza. I'm just telling you. There's nothing romantic about that at all. <laughs> Right. I think it was like thirty dollars because they cut it into the shape of a heart. Sort yeah. of. Thanks for that. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm saving this one for my wife because she's got a bad cold right now. The only supplement you should ever take for your cold, the only thing that's actually proven to make any difference. 
They claim they've nailed it down. Wow. Ginkgo biloba. Business insider. All this other stuff you're taking for your cold is crap. I got one thing that actually does anything. <laughs> so stay tuned. Essence of bat guano. God, we buy billions of dollars worth of stuff in this country yeah. every single year that does nothing for your cold. Although, if it makes you feel better, you feel better. Placebo, you know, I don't, I, I'm, all, I'm pro placebo effect. I was but say. you take too many placebos, yeah. you get placebia. You feel you better, know. you feel better. Um, let's get the news what down. What if you're allergic to placebos and you actually break out in hives? Weird. Yeah. Uh, Marshall Phillips. Well, the Senate is looking to tackle immigration reform this afternoon. That's going to include the issue of protecting these so-called DACA dreamers. You'll recall Majority Leader Mitch McConnell promised Democrats to put immigration reform on the Senate floor after the budget deal was worked out. Now, speaking of the newly passed budget, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan says the swamp is the victor with the passage of the deal that increases government spending by $300 billion. The swamp won and the American taxpayer lost. On Fox News Sunday, Congressman Jordan dismissed Republicans who claimed there weren't enough votes in the Senate to overcome a filibuster by Democrats. Jordan saying, Last time I checked, Democrats don't have 60 votes in the Senate either. And last time I checked, there's more Republicans in the Senate than there are Democrats, more Republicans in the House than there are Democrats, and there's a Republican in the White House. There you go. Listen, some of you holdouts, you're like the, the Japanese guys coming down from the trees 40 years after World War II ended. Some of you holdouts are in districts where people want responsible spending, not deficit spending. You're in districts where people understand that we're screwing the children and grandchildren. We're spending their money. But y'all are a dying breed. America wants Santa Claus in the White House. And this time around, we got it. I have the poll numbers behind that article in the Washington Post over the weekend. Why the Republicans went went the direction they went. And uh, it's because that's what people want. I'll get into that later, but it's it's just over. Yeah, China, North Korea, Russia, you want the American empire to fall? I just suggest you wait. Well, I tell you, this is a rough story, but it's a rough world these days. San Francisco's car break-in epidemic took a horrible turn over the weekend, ending with a man in custody for a car break-in that ended up with the death of a pet dog. Joaquin Best, arrested yesterday a day after he allegedly broke into a car in a parking structure near Union Square. Police say dash cam video captured Best grabbing a four-year-old chihuahua out of the vehicle and tossing it over the rail seven stories to its death. Wow. So this is obviously a murderous lunatic. I think the greater story is the idiotic decriminalization of crime in California, and particularly in San Francisco. Which has resulted in a, well, a gigantic skyrocket in crime rate. More than 30,000 auto burglaries alone reported in San Francisco last year. 30,000? How's your utopia coming along? Oh, my God. You try to build a utopia, it turns into a hellhole. That's That's the point of virtually every story ever written about the attempt to build a utopia. Yeah. 30,000 last year alone. Worst year on record. Well, it's just not a felony anymore, so it doesn't matter. It's, it's fine. Break into as many cars as you want. It's like, I don't know, it's like a, a parking ticket. Turns out your ID could soon be replaced with a cell phone app. If a pilot program involving the app works out, the Commerce Department's National Institute of Standards provided a couple million dollars to a security uh, company to design and test out a digital license. This is being used in a two-year pilot program. The app shows your license front and back, just like the plastic version. However, the app also has settings that allow you to limit what's being shown, depending on the situation. 
For example, if you're buying alcohol, it'll just show your photo and say uh, how old you are. So you can adjust it in various ways. And what's the upside of that? Well, what, what are we worried about? You wouldn't be uh, carrying around a uh, you know printed driver's license. You could just have it on your phone. Well, because it's so difficult to have this in my pocket. I mean, I don't, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not catching the upside. What information are we trying to hide from people? Like, you don't have to show your address, for right. instance. Oh, okay. Right. Show liquor. The other aspect of it that privacy advocates are, are pleased about is that you don't have to, like, open your phone and hand it to the cop right. unlocked if you get pulled over, for instance. It's like showing your uh, your boarding pass at right. the airport. You just bring it up on wallet or whatever your mm. your app is. But, yeah. Uh, so, you know, your point. Oh, God. Oh. Oh, my God. My driver's license just cut me. Just sitting in my pocket. The sharp, sharp. Cha- oh, I'm bleeding. Oh, my God. I'm bleeding. I've been carrying a driver's license in my pocket now for how many decades? And right. I, I've not found it to be that difficult. Sony Pictures is apologizing for a scene in its new Peter Rabbit movie that is said to make light of food allergies. Oh, The wow. scene shows bunnies throwing blackberries at a man with severe blackberry allergies to the point where he has to use his EpiPen to treat the reaction. That's that actually, is hilarious. It's actually in the cartoon. Yes. We saw the ad over the weekend. Yeah. Opens this opens this Friday, which, by the way, this is a phony, um, uh, controversial story to get the movie mentioned, which is very clever. Well, movie companies do it all the time. Charity called the Kids with Food Not Allergies sure. Foundation posted on social media this last week. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the movie companies are the best at oh, coming up great. with a pretend controversial story that makes it into newscasts so they can advertise their movie. Oh, that reminds me. Up. We've got to get yeah. to the Olympic controversy. The dude who got fired. But sorry, Marshall, where were you? Ah, yes, touting a movie you were paid to, to pimp. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. I'm going to excuse myself. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Yeah, I'm Strong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Yeah, I, I, I think the kids will be fine with food allergies. All right. They'll so, be able to relate to it. They'll enjoy that scene. <laughs> so this dude that was working in the White House clearly yeah. uh, seems pretty clearly a scumbag, uh, beating his wives and whatnot. Um, it, you know, it's unfortunate that General Kelly went out there and said he's a man of the highest integrity. Mm, kind of. Kind of. Unfortunate. He is said to have offered his resignation on Friday, Gen- General Kelly, the chief of staff. We're going to get the timeline and the lowdown on all that from our great Sarah Westwood, who we love, coming up in just a few minutes. I don't know how big a controversy this is. It's getting a lot of media coverage. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So it's not vitamin C, I'll give you a hint. What you're supposed to be taking when you got a cold. Or the flu. Some people take uh, vitamin C for the flu. Is it my favorite mineral? According to Business Insider, neither neither orange juice nor vitamin C supplements do any good against either virus, flu or cold. Studies have found that vitamin C does nothing to prevent or treat the common cold. Mm. I'll keep taking it because my wife tells me to. And I'm not going to argue about it. Reasonable. It's not going to hurt me any. Reasonable. There well, you are you going to tell us what it is or what? Yeah, coming up. You have to stay coming tuned. Up. You have to stay tuned for the magic that is this special thing to take when you've got a cold. 
All right. We got to redo the way we do this thing. This is too much. I got too much going on. Wow. I got to scroll all the way. I don't know. All right. He's muttering. There's a lot of muttering over there. Yeah, I tell you what. So, so uh, like, what? As we get into Sarah, I was just, I finished my muttering. I was ready to swing into action. I watched uh, Howard Kurtz yesterday, his show on Fox, and uh, he, he he bravely blasted his own network for not covering the Porter beating his wife story enough. He thought it was a big mistake that they didn't cover it really at all for an entire day while everybody else was going crazy with it. Top White House aide accused of beating two of his wives has resigned. White House initially defending him, or so it seems. Sarah Westwood is the White House reporter for the Washington Examiner and joins us now. Hello, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's it's our pleasure. So this uh, Ford character, what happened with him? Uh, what are the broad outlines for people who didn't follow it? Well, late last, or early last week, rather, there were the first stories surfaced in the Daily Mail that showed two of Rob Porter's ex-wives were making allegations that he had gotten violent with them. At first, the White House sort of treated this like a salacious tabloid story, even though we later learned that they'd actually known about these allegations for months. They defended Rob Porter. Then when pictures of one of the ex-wives with a black eye surfaced and she claimed Rob Porter gave her that black eye, it no longer became tenable for the White House to be on record defending Porter. So they issued amended statements that denounced domestic violence and his resignation, which was first billed as something that was going to take place slowly, that Rob Porter was going to remain there indefinitely. It was moved up to become immediate and he cleaned out his desk and was apparently gone after that picture surfaced. So just a quick aside, if two women come out and say, when we, when we were married to this guy, he punched us. And that's not good enough. And then a picture surfaces of a woman with a black eye that she could have gotten any of a hundred different ways. Suddenly, just because we see a woman with a black eye, obviously, well, that's too much. He's got to go. That's just an observation about the human psyche. And it's it's odd and difficult to explain. But anyway. Are you, are you saying you don't think he did it or what? No. No, I'm saying precisely what I just said. Joe's a denier. General, I don't know why. General Kelly, though, the chief of staff initially came out with a strong defense of the guy, written by his current White House girlfriend, right? Rob Porter's current White House girlfriend? Right, and that's sort of the key point. It's not entirely clear that they're still together, but Hope Hicks is the communications director. They were romantically linked. God, I would hope they're not still together. There's been a lot of speculation (sighs) that the, the timing of these allegations coming out was linked to the fact that Hope Hicks and Rob Porter's relationship was first publicly reported just a few days before the allegation surfaced in the media. There's been some interesting, you know, loose so, talk about the fact oh, that okay. these two events were related. Okay, well, that that makes perfectly good sense. In fact, I would guess that that did happen. So was there somebody else that was dating uh, the former model or hoping to date the former model and then got pissed off when she got with that guy and he thought, she's dating him instead of me? He beats his wives yeah. and then got the information out there. Is that what we think happened? Well, we don't know what happened. We know that the, the ex-wives were involved in obviously sharing their allegations. There's been talk that potentially Corey Lewandowski was somehow involved in inflating the criticism against John Kelly for the way that the White House handled this. Corey Lewandowski rumored to be a former paramour of Hope Hicks, as well as Rob Porter. And there's been a lot of criticism of the White House that Hope Hicks didn't fully recuse herself 
even though she had a clear personal conflict of interest, yeah, I'd say. and directed the, the very highly criticized initial reaction from the White House, the choice to defend Rob Porter initially. Well, listen, if I'm looking across the table here, if Positive Sean, uh, one of our able-bodied producers here, did something terrible, and I was just dimly aware of it, and somebody else who worked here wrote a defense for me to read on the air, then it turns out she and Sean are together, and I didn't know it? And she put those words in my... I'd be really, really pissed. And I'd also feel like a jackass. Do we have any idea to what extent General Kelly himself was defending Rob Porter? Or was he just reading Hope Hicks press releases? We don't know. And there's been a lot of conflicting leaks. I mean, obviously, this has caused a lot of consternation behind the scenes and a lot of finger pointing. But I think it really speaks to Hope Hicks's influence internally, that even though it seems she may have exercised poor judgment, not only in dating a colleague, but in drafting statements that exposed the chief of staff and even the president to a political controversy, you don't hear any serious talk about Hope Hicks being in the crosshairs, about Hope Hicks potentially being on the way out. You do hear it about the four-star Marine general who has done more than anyone to bring the White House into a, a successful place, it really speaks to Hope Hicks's clout that even though she may be at fault for this huge mess, at least partly, um, nobody's talking about her being in trouble. Why in she fact, got so much clout? Is it times praising her? Is it because she's hot or what? What's what <laughs> seems like? She, it would seem like she's got to be fired immediately. President Trump and her go way back. You know, she worked for the Trump organization for years before she joined the campaign. She's been there from the beginning. And outside of Trump's own family, Hope Hicks is arguably one of the aides who is closest to President Trump. But that personal bond between the president and Hope Hicks sort of shields her from a lot of criticism I think she might otherwise get in this situation and in other situations where the White House messaging is clearly not what it should be. Well, isn't that reason enough for General Kelly to resign? Um, if I'm expected to read the releases that come from the girlfriend of a guy, I mean, and then I get hung out to dry on this, I don't want this job unless I get to hire my own people. Yeah. Sarah Westwood, the uh, White House reporter for the Washington Examiner, is on the line. So uh, how, how real do you think this uh, this General Kelly's got to go stuff is? I don't think that this is the thing that, forces John Kelly out. I mean, already you see the conversation is starting to move on from the situation. Uh, A lot of aides have gone out to defend him in the days since this happened. Maybe this sapped a little bit of his goodwill. This put maybe two strikes on his record, whereas the next mistake he might not get the same kind of grace period afterwards. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It wasn't really a case of him doing anything wrong. It was him maybe responding poorly to something wrong that somebody else did. The very idea that this guy who is A, a Marine general and a hero, and B, brought order to the White House, which is an incredibly important thing, he should go because he, you know, did what he did as as not great as it was. The idea that the first should be the penalty for the second strikes me as ridiculous and purely selective outrage for partisan reasons. But well, these people come and go pretty quickly sometimes. Obama had eight chiefs of staff in eight years. So yeah. they you know they burned yeah. through pretty fast. It could be, but I would be I would be completely shocked. I just would be I'm excited about the names being thrown around to replace him. Kevin McCarthy? If Kevin oh, McCarthy come on, wait a minute. If Kevin McCarthy, according to the Washington Post, is in line to be the next chief of staff, oh things are gonna get crazy. I wouldn't make him the chief of our staff. <laughs> Get any comments, Sarah? No, no, Sarah, don't comment. 
<laughs> As usual, your credibility is in danger merely by coming on this show. Sarah Westwood of the Washington Examiner. Sarah, fabulous job as always. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, how about the fact that Hope Hicks looks just like Carrie Russell, star of The Americans, in which a hot, hot woman is spying for the Russians? Hope Hicks, Russian spy? Maybe. You can't keep her around. There's no, no way you can keep her around. No, you, but Trump will because he's uh, he's not exactly militant on the whole hashtag Me Too thing. Well, then how do you stay in your job as General Kelly if you have to work with her, who clearly set you up to to you know get all this criticism this week? You know, I have a feeling, and I'll bet I'm right, that Ms. Hicks was ushered into General Kelly's office. And he said soberly, without raising his voice and without his eyes ever leaving hers, things that would make you weep and wet your pants in terms of what you did and how it's going to be going forward. And if you don't like it, there's the door. (laughs) Jack Armstrong's (laughs) signature line. I have a feeling they had a serious meeting. Come to Jesus, if you will. Yeah, yeah. That, That would make me pretty mad. Oh, you didn't mention to me you're dating the guy you told me he is innocent. Oh, okay. Well, um, got some great texts on the Olympics and that sort of conversation coming up. Controversy. Controversy on the Armstrong and Getty <laughs> Show.